Hi, my name is Satvik Srinivas, and this is Arnav Rastogi. And together we are co-hosts of the Backfield Rift. Thank you for tuning in. A lot happened this past week, week nine of the NFL. A lot of records were broken, big time performances, offensive production. And we got to start off with Tom Brady eclipsing 100,000 career passing yards. The first NFL player to ever do it post and regular season. And he did it in fashion, coming back, beating the Rams. What are you thinking about this game? Man, I mean, can't knock Tom Brady. He's having a down year. But nonetheless, he knows how to get the job done and when to get it done. And as much as I have hatred for Tom Brady, I just got to give respect where respect is due. The dude is incredible. Like the fact that he's able to sling the football efficiently. Like there's there's no sign of like a like a drop off. He's still able to like he's still able to throw the ball downfield and accurately. You now whether he's able to help his team close or not, that's up in the air. But he, he was able to get the job done against the Rams, that comeback drive to get things done. And man, that was that was a win that they needed and they yeah. wanted. And he got it. He got it in fashion. He got it with his records. Hats off to the Bucks. Got a win when they needed a win most. Yeah, and you know, you think about not that I think they're gonna go on another run or anything, but this is kind of like I'm trying to think back, like that 2020 season, like the game after the bye. If I'm not mistaken, did the Bucks come off a bye for this game, or was it? Uh, they did not. They did not. Okay. Oh yeah, because I think they played Thursday night, so it's kind of like yeah. a. It was like a sort of ish by whatever, but you know, it was, it was impressive, but you also kind of have to say the Rams defense, man, just they're playing so soft at the end there. And yeah. defenses, you you always get into this dilemma, right? In that two minute drill as a defense, whether you want to be aggressive, whether you want to play the sticks. And sometimes it just turns out playing into the offense's hands. There's the, uh, I guess it's not a, uh, saying as you will like i'm sure nfl coaches don't agree to this but there's this idea that the only thing that pre- prevent defenses do is prevent you from winning <laughs> but that, that's kind of what we saw with the rams listen listen i i don't know what they're doing i i think i think they should have the safeties playing inside leverage corners playing outside leverage and you just prevent them from throwing an out force them to throw inside and the clock would have taken right. care of itself right i think major thing right they did not defend the sideline and that's like the they didn't defend thing. the sidelines right right I, I I would just have I I would just have your linebacker play the flat, your corner your your corner play the middle third, and bring the safety inside, cover the insider out. So that is, it's really that simple. I don't know why the Rams were just pushing their lineback, keeping their linebackers in the middle of the field, pushing their corner back to back. You left that eight yard out wide open, and that's literally the only thing they threw down the field to score a touchdown. Right. Don't know what the game plan was there. Sean McVay, but yeah, but looking forward, right? Um, the Bucks playing this week in Germany against the Seahawks, an opportunity for him to get to 500. What are you thinking? Do you think the Bucks have a shot here of doing anything, or is this just a nice win, but it's not going to accumulate too much? I don't know if they can go on a win streak from here. I, I, I just can't. Like one game isn't enough for me to trust it. As much as I say, you know, one game is all it takes to turn around. This one game wasn't like a special offensive performance that turned around. It was just another sloppy, sloppy win. It was another sloppy, sloppy performance that just happened to be a win because the Rams made so many mistakes. 
on defense in the last minute of the game, right? This wasn't anything to be proud of, in my opinion. This was not a win to be proud of. And I don't know if it's one of those types of wins that spurs a winning winning streak. It just wasn't. Because the mistakes that they'd been making on their losing streak so far, they made the same ones against the Rams, and they deserve to lose that game. But we're lucky to leave their home stadium with a win. All right, we just talked about Tom Brady, his record-setting day. You know who else had a record-setting day? Justin Fields, 178 rushing yards by a quarterback, breaking Michael Vick's single-game rushing record. That was impressive. Yeah, and and we're seeing Justin Fields' uh, sophomore rise here. We, we have a sophomore slump, but Justin Fields is defying the odds. And Justin Fields' ability to run the ball has really transformed the Chicago offense. It just gives them another dimension Another another weapon, right? Combining it with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, this rushing attack, this three-headed monster is lethal. And Savic, the one thing I really don't want to fall into is we talk a lot a lot of the time, young quarterbacks who just make their first read. If it's not there, they take off. But that's not what Justin Fields is doing. He's looking through the reads, nothing is there, and then only he is taking off. But you know, at with a court as a quarterback with legs, he's just doing it and doing it at a very efficient pace, just like Lamar Jackson did in, in his earlier years. And it's just incredible to watch Justin Fields grow. You know, a lot he was knocked so much coming out of Ohio State, especially because no Ohio State quarterback has succeeded in the league. But to see him defy the odds really brings a smile to my face. Yeah. No, and it was really hard to see the Bears lose this game, you know, at the end there. That should have been a pass interference call. And even after that, Equinemia St. Brown dropped that fourth down pass. It was tough, but I mean, 40 points for my fancy team. I'll take it, Justin Fields. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? We're, it's like I would really go back to like halftime in the Bears Patriots game. And that's when I, I think Justin Fields just had this moment like, all right, I'm not about to let Bailey Zap outplay me. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, nah, we're, we're about to turn the switch on. And, and since then, he's just been incredible. I think a lot of credit does go to the Bears offensive staff. But I'm just going to say this now. And like, I, I was like pretty high on Justin Fields coming out. And then we kind of went down on him. I guess like two things. One, I think it's just becoming more and more apparent year and year as it goes on. We've got to give these young quarterbacks time, right? Like, you've got to give them a year or two. And you're seeing great growth. I genuinely believe this. Like, his skill set, he could be a top five quarterback in this league. Like, he could be. That's the kind of skill set he has. I mean, whenever whenever quarterback is drafted, especially as high as Justin Fields, you always draft it a guy who has talent to be top five quarterback. And and I think well, let's see how his progression goes. I think it's too early to say that, but he definitely has a skill set to get there. Another guy with an amazing skill set and showed it off Sunday after having I guess I guess it's not its greatest year. Joe Mixon, who erupted for five touchdowns out of nowhere. And I mean this Bengals offense, this was a game they needed. They needed this, especially with Jamar Chase out. They needed that jolt. And Joe Mixon, he answered the call. Yeah, and especially the point you just said, right? Jamar Chase is out. You needed somebody else to step up. And Joe Mixon did just that. And I think we kind of, we've kind of forgot because last season, you know, Jamar Chase was the whole story. Joe Mixon was not the, I guess, the headliner in Cincinnati. But if you look back on Joe Mixon's career, he has been like, a great producer out of the backfield and as a receiver too like he he's had the skill set it's not something like oh joe mix can can do that no he can do that we've seen that we just kind of forgot about it because jamar chase went off last season but 
that's the thing. I, I don't think with this Bengals offense, you have so much talent that if Jamar takes a sideline for a little bit, I think the Bengals offense is going to be fine. If they can just keep winning a couple games, defense plays all right. The only thing that concerns me, again, we go back to the offensive line. It, well, against, against Carolina, you didn't really see any issues there. I think they took care of business. But it's just always going to come back to that with this offense. If the offensive line can keep Joe Burrow upright, if Burrow's smart, doesn't take hits, all that, the ceiling is the limit for this offense. Yeah, and I, and I think looking at the broader scheme, you know, the Bengals are really this eighth team right now in the AFC playoff picture. And as we know, only seven teams can make it, right? So the Bengals are going to really need this uh, offensive production. They're going to need guys like T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon to really step up in Jamar Chase's absence if they want this offense and this team as a whole to keep pace, right? Because we know that this offense is the heartbeat of this team. It's the reason it is it, it moves this team forward, but it can also take this team backwards. And if they really want to, you know, uh, if they really want to succeed down in the stretch, Joe Mixon is going to have to have more days like this. Yeah. Another thing I want to say, you know, circle, circle your calendars. Week 18, Bengals-Ravens. That's the second matchup. That could be for the division. You never know. And that could be the Sunday night flex, you know, week 18. Yeah. I, I genuinely think the Bengals have a shot. I think they could win this division. Yeah. Oh, hopefully Jamar Chase probably be back by week 15, week 16. So yeah, yeah. have him integrated back into the offense. Yeah, he does. Uh, and, and before we move on to week 10, we have to talk about one of the biggest upsets of this week, Jets over the Bills. And what did you see here? Is this Jets team for real? Because they beat a healthy Buffalo Bills team. Right. A, a healthy Super Bowl, probably everyone's Super Bowl pick, your Super Bowl pick, Buffalo Bills team. Here's the thing. Are the Jets for real? Sure, but you know what's really for real? That defense and Sauce Gardner, and we saw that. Just They gave up one big touchdown in the first quarter, I believe, but after that, it was locked down, man. Josh Allen kept trying the deep ball. He kept trying it. The secondary was all over it, and that's like the biggest thing you can ask for as a defense, right? Because the way this league is progressing, it's not about, um, I guess, shutting down offenses anymore because it's not really a realistic thing, right? Even we saw Sunday night, Mahomes went off for like 457 yards, but at the end of the day, I think they only scored like three touchdowns or something like that. That's, that's what you're trying to do yeah, as they, a defense. Yeah, they only, scored, they only scored two touchdowns, I believe. Two touchdowns. So, yeah. so that's what you're trying to do as a defense. Just limit the scoring because you can't you can't shut it off. But if you can just mm-hmm. keep them out of the end zone, do that. And the Jets did just that, right? And for the offensive side of the ball, they're able to run it. Zach Wilson had a bounce back game. You know, he's just looking good. There's definitely promise there. But I think the defense and Robert Sala, that, that was the statement right there, that we can go up with any offense in this league. Yeah. I also want to shout out DJ Reed because he, he had some huge plays. And it, it really just took one – one offseason for the Jets to transform the secondary. And they have been playing out of their mind. And and just to build on your point, right? It's about limiting the chunk plays, right? Because the chunk plays is really how the offense moves down the field, how the offense scores. If you're able to limit the amount of chunk plays a team like the Buffalo Bills gets to like a Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, you're able to sort of control the game, right? If you have these DBs have the chains in front of them and say, okay, two-yard first down, you know, only maybe a yard gain on a second down or, or limiting the first two downs and forcing you into a third and long. That's how you're able to keep the chains in front of you. And that's how you're able to succeed as a defense. 
It's all about getting timely stops. It's all about making the offense grind their way to the end zone if they want to score a touchdown. Not, okay, we're going to let a 20-yard gain here, a 15-yard gain here. Those chunk plays cannot happen. And and that's what I really love about Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed is that they're they're not letting that happen. Right. Playing press, playing zone. They're doing everything that Robert Sala wants them to do. And also, we have to shout out Quinn and Williams in that D-line because they have been excellent at generating pressure. Quinn and Lennon, Quinn and Williams has been arguably a top five defensive lineman this year. I'm shocked for, for especially the Jets history about Mm -hmm. what they've done in the off season, who they've given money to and how unprudent they've been. It is shocking that they were able to transform this team in one off season. Yeah. And I think the other, a few things to take away from this game. One is kind of the bills, like, annual loss here and there like last season it was to the jaguars you know that that's rearing its ugly head and the other thing i know this is not like football psychology 101 but i i really think it is a real thing when you're talking about these quarterbacks right mahomes allen whoever you want to throw in the mix they they don't want to play the you know the tom brady style of offense where he's going to like kill you by a thousand cuts you know he's going to take that check down he's going to if you keep them if you shut down the deep ball they're going to get frustrated. They're going to start making yeah. mistakes, right? Yeah. And if you can do that, that's where you have a quarterback like Josh Allen exactly where you want him because he's going to be like, he's going to try to do something stupid, throw it up, and then you have a pick, you have a game-changing play, and mm-hmm. that's all you really need. No, no, you're 100% right. And it, it's just that these quarterbacks are still young. You can't take that young immaturity away from a quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Patrick Mahomes who's won a Super Bowl, Josh Allen who's on the cups of doing it. These are still young quarterbacks. I, I even go to Jalen Hurts too. Like mm. none of none of these quarterbacks are mature quarterbacks. They they all want to just get out of the pocket, sling it, make that flashy play. It and if if you're take able to take that away, not a lot of these quarterbacks want to take the five yard check down. They right. don't want to, even if it's open. A lot of the times you see them pass up like like on on a rollout play. There'll be two routes coming down the field. It'll be it'll be it'll be like a ten yard crosser and a twenty yard crosser, and even if the ten yard crosser is open, they'll want the twenty yard crosser just because of the twenty yards, mm-hmm. even if they could easily take the ten yard. So yeah. little things like that. If you're able to take that away, just like you said, it frustrates you. It frustrates you, and when you get frustrated, you try to force things, and when you force things in the NFL, it doesn't work. All right, let's look ahead here to week 10. We just talked about the Bills. Huge matchup. The Vikings heading down to Orchard Park, taking on the Bills. There are some reports on this one about Josh Allen potentially facing a UCL injury in his elbow, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But what are you feeling about this game? It's tough. It's tough. Man, what, what would it be like? Case Keenum and Stephon Diggs back in Minnesota, back playing Minnesota. Oh, that would be yeah. that would be one hell of a game. Um, it's tough, but I'm just gonna go with the Vikings. I, I'm gonna go with the Vikings here. Okay. Just because a Kirk Cousins in the one o'clock spot is undefeated, like he is just a different beast. Uh, and B, the Bills' injuries in the back end, and I, and I keep mentioning this, man. Micah Hyde. It is unstated how key of a piece Micah Hyde is. And when you're facing a guy like Justin Jefferson and then Adam Thielen, who has put together a string of good performances, now you add TJ Hawkinson, it's hard. 
it's hard to defend that. It's hard to defend that when your top safety is out and you have health issues at the cornerback position. It's going to be close, but even if Josh Allen was there, I'm going with the Vikings. Damn. Even if Josh Allen was there. That's... I think it's a shootout. I think it's a shootout, and I think both teams can put up that many points. It's going to come down to who has the ball last. It's, it's that type of game. Like I could, I could totally see the Bills winning this. No, no doubt about it. It comes down to who has the ball last. I just think, I just think the Vikings have a slight edge. I think, I think the okay. Vikings just have a very slight edge here. Okay. Um, I'm not going to disagree. Like I think it's going to be a good game, but if Josh Allen is playing, I'm like picking the Bills, like eyes closed. Like I'm not even worrying about it. But even if it is Case Keenum, like I know that's a tough spot to put yourself in, you know, with a backup quarterback in this huge game. But I'm still going with the Bills. First of all, I feel really good about the Bills at home. That crowd's going to be roaring. You know, it's a big game. The other thing, I think this could, even if Case Keenum plays, this could be a game where, because you you can't expect your quarterback to carry you every single week, right? This could be a game where the defense steps up. We saw week one, you know, that what that defense could do, absolutely destroying Matthew Stafford in that first performance. And we've seen that in like other games as well, but that's the one that came to mind. When does Kirk struggle? When pressure gets after him, he makes mistakes, mm-hmm. fumbles the ball, throws it to the defense. Maybe we see some of that. But I know I know the one o'clock slate. That's that's Kirk's home home ground. You're not messing with him there. But yeah. I, I, I here's the thing. I, I like this matchup for like either team. Like there's there's aspects that both teams can capitalize on. I think a big thing also you could bring back Dalvin Cook if you can efficiently run it. That's going to neutralize the Bills pass rush. Help Kirk out, play action, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But just it's it's hard if Josh Allen playing or not. But I I think the Bills are a better football team, and for that fact, I'm gonna have to pick them, even if they're playing with their backup quarterback. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I I see the argument for at home. I see the pressure getting there. But here's the thing, and here's the thing I noticed. Um, when T.J. Hawkinson was in that offense. The time it takes for Kirk to get the ball out has shortened. It has shortened. Because what they're trying to do now is utilize the screen game with TJ Hawkinson because of just how big and fast he is and his ability to just get into the flat or get into the screen. I, I think that game is very underrated. And I think it adds a, a little a little dimension to this Vikings offense, which is, you know, we we wanna the 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 death by a thousand cuts is that we're we're gonna we're gonna utilize T.J. Hawkinson in a way that gets the ball out of Kirk quicker, which is then gonna allow these deeper routes to form. So, I think I think I like that versus the Bills pass rush. I I I would take that versus the Bills pass rush. I think the this new offensive scheme or this new offensive element that T.J. Hawkinson has added to 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 the Vikings, I think it's underrated, and I think it might come to show uh, against the Bills. All right, another big matchup here. Sunday night, the Chargers make the trip up to the Bay, taking on the 49ers. What do you see? Man, it's it's hard to pick the Chargers. It, it It's hard to pick the Chargers. It, it is. It, it's just Justin Herbert's having a down year. As, as great as he is, he's just not having a great year. And, and his weapons aren't helping him out either. Right? Josh Palmer with some key drops last game. Just just key drops. And, you know, if, without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams, if your top two targets are Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett, with all due respect to them, because they've been doing pretty well, 
you're not going to go very far. You're mm -hmm. not. Even if you have Austin Eckler, you can't single-handedly win games against top-tier teams like the 49ers, right? And the Niners are just going to able, be able to control this game, right? With Christian McCaffrey, with Debo returning, right? It's just going to be a time of this is going to be a time of possession battle, which the 49ers win. And I, I think I think they win it by two scores, actually. Yeah, no, I see that. I think I have to go back to the same argument I kind of made with the last game here. If it's Justin Herbert or Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm not even batting an eye. It's Justin Herbert, but the 49ers are the better football team. And for that reason, you know, I have to pick the Niners here again at home. But the only outcome I kind of see for the Chargers here is if this does get into a shootout back and forth, sure, you know, you have C-Mac, you have Debo, you have George Kittle. But if Justin Herbert gets hot prime time, you could see that. But just better football team than Niners. Hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. Now it's time for upset of the week. Both of us lost our 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 uh, our games last week. You must be you must be pressed about that uh Bears game. Right? I know, man. I feel so bad for just just feels like he deserved to win that game after doing all that. Just <laughs> yeah, uh, he did. Well, moving on to Week Ten, Savic. How are you looking to build on this uh four and five record? Yeah, we're trying to get back to five hundred, and some might argue that this might not be the best way to get back to five hundred. But with that said, I'm picking the Packers this week over the Cowboys. Sure, you know, the Packers are struggling. Just lost to the Detroit Lions. Aaron Rodgers threw three picks. All bad. But if you really go back to that game, the Packers were moving the ball. They just couldn't put it in the end zone, man. They they kept going down the field, get into the yard, oh, like goal line. There's even another play where Aaron Rodgers like missed a deep ball where it should have been a touchdown. He just underthrew it so slightly. I know it's not easy to make the argument that the Packers just had a bad game because they've been having bad games for like five weeks now. But it's true that Aaron Rodgers has it. Like his, he has it, right? It's not like he forgot how to play football. It's, that's not the issue here. The Packers as a team are able to move the ball. Their defense has been all right. I know I'm just making a bunch of excuses right now for, for a three and six football team. But on the flip side, the, the Cowboys – what do they do best? They're going to get after you with Micah Parsons. Do the Packers have an answer to that? I believe they could run the ball, neutralize Micah Parsons. I think they can get the ball out, kind of like what you were talking about with the Vikings, neutralizing the Bills' pass rush. I can see elements of that. And just the big thing here, I, I kind of, I guess, put my money on is the Cowboys have showed tendencies to lose big games. This is a big game for them heading into Lambeau, even though the Packers might be 3-6 and six this season. I actually put all that together and you kind of throw in the fact that I'm an Eagles fan. <laughs> you go ahead and pick the Packers over the Cowboys. All, all I'm going to say to this is Packers O-line has not been great past few games. Cowboys lead the league in sacks. That's all I'm saying. Plus Aaron Rodgers throwing the amount of picks that he has being as inefficient that he has. As all that's, that's all my responses that the Cowboys are leading the league in sacks. And I, I expect them to build on that lead. In Lambeau. Okay. I, I don't disagree with you, but we just, it's an offset, man. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I, I'm going with the Browns over the Dolphins here. Okay. And 
it's more on the Dolphins than it is in the Browns. Look, the past four games, the Dolphins have not looked great. They haven't looked great. They let the game slip away against the Vikings. They they scored no points in the second half against the Steelers. Their offense was completely stagnant. They they had to they they scraped by the Lions coming back, uh, in a in in a desperate attempt in in the uh, second half. And then uh, against the Bears, got lucky with the refs missing a call, right? The common theme here is that the Dolphins make a lot of mistakes. They have made a lot of mistakes, and I feel like it's going to come back to bite them, especially against the Browns, who have a closer in Nick Chubb. And what I mean by closer is that if the Browns even have a lead, the Dolphins aren't going to get the ball back too easily. Nick Chubb can run the ball down your throat. He can single-handedly transform time of possession in a game through through rushing the ball. And unlike the past few teams, the Browns have a true closer in Nick Chubb. And I think that if Jacoby Brissett leads a few drives here and there, is able to put like 20, 24, 27 points on the game, I think, you know, you go into the final frame with like a three-point lead, maybe a touchdown lead, you just run the ball down the Dolphins' throat with Nick Chubb, I could see the Browns going into Miami and coming back home with the W. Yeah, I could see this, but here's the thing, right? Like, a couple weeks ago, the Browns beat the Bengals. It was a convincing win Monday night. But here was the thing. The, the Bengals, without Jamar Chase, didn't have an answer, right? They didn't, they didn't have the explosive plays. They weren't able to get back in that game after they got down. I don't believe that is going to be the case with the Dolphins. Even if they get down something like 14-0, I think they could just come back as quickly as they got down. And I think – I just think they can outscore the Browns. Like, the only way that you kind of alluded that the Browns could win this game is if they turn it into time of possession, just keep it away from Tua. Which but they can, which, I, which which they 100% can. They can. The they can, but I just – I think I like the Dolphins' offense in this game. But I could see I hear that. that, but the Dolphins' offense has made a lot of mistakes. They have made a lot of mistakes that have gone under the radar because of some of these flashy drives. Or They've made a lot of mistakes, and those mistakes are going to come back to bite them, especially against a guy like Nick Chubb. When, when you're facing a guy like Nick Chubb who can like keep who can keep you sitting on the sidelines for eight, nine minutes, mm. it, I think those mistakes can come back to bite you, and I think they might against the Browns. Yeah, all right, man, I can see that. But overall, week 10 already, the season's running away, double digits. Yeah, we got a Germany game this week. Yeah, Custom no. helmets, paying tribute to the German heritage, and it's a good game. Seahawks Bucks. Yeah, I think this should be a big game for the Bucks trying to get back to five hundred. I, I want, I want to pick the Bucks, but like, here's the thing: I just think the Seahawks are a better football team, and if I were to pick the Bucks, it would just be relying on the fact that the Seahawks have a bad day or something like that. But if the Seahawks mm. just play the football they've been playing. Yeah, it, it, it's really tough. But nonetheless, Germany fans are in for a very good game. This is yeah. this is one of the better games that the NFL could have scheduled there. All right. With that being said, thank you for listening to the 89th episode of the Backfield Drift. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to recap all the Week 10 action. See Sotvik. You can get back to 500 on those upsets. 
uh, and look ahead to week 11, where there are some interesting matchups in week 11. Uh, first time we got the flex too. Chiefs Chargers mm. flex yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to Sunday night. Um, until then, it's been Arnav Rastogi and Stop victory, boss. Stay safe and take care.